hey, hey, welcome to the Flow and Flourish podcast. I am your host, the Capacity Coach, Nicole Roan, and I am so glad that you're here. This is the safe space where we talk openly and honestly about all the things that can come up as we try to juggle our competing priorities, manage self-care, work in our businesses and or in the corporate space and intentionally work on managing our capacity so that we can show up in excellence in every single room that we walk in, aka be able to flow and flourish, hence the name of the podcast. We believe that when you flow effortlessly, you flourish tremendously. And this podcast is dedicated to giving you the tips, tools, resources, all those things that you need to be able to do just that. Now, if this is your very first time here, then welcome to the sister friend tribe of like-hearted, like-minded women who are on a journey similar to yours. We are all here to get our capacity together, okay? In order to do that, we use five different areas of flow to help you be able to manage it all. So create that work-life balance that's going to be ideal for your specific situation and ultimately just walk the talk. Now, more information on those five areas of flow can be found at the very beginning of this podcast. So episodes one through five, I believe. So make sure that you tap into those so that we are all working from the same foundation as we collectively increase our capacity for sustainable success. If you've been here before, then welcome back, sister friend. I'm so glad that you choose to tune in and spend your time and energy with me. You already know that I do this for you because when one of us wins, we all win. Now, before we get into the episode today, I do have to let you know that This episode is being brought to you by the Capacity Calculator. Yes, the Capacity Calculator is a free tool that allows you to really check in on what really is on your plate and what are you making a priority in your personal or professional life. If you've never taken it before, then I invite you to go ahead and take it today. And even if you have taken it before, take it again because our capacity shifts based on the season that we're in. All of the details can be found on my website or right here in the show notes. So make sure you take advantage of this absolutely free capacity calculator tool that I created for all of us to be able to flow and flourish. All right, let's get into this episode. Natasha Harris is a realtor and wealth and business mentor located in Toronto, Canada. She has been working in finance for over seven years and mentors women who desire to live a holistically wealthy lifestyle. She does this through intimate one-on-one and group coaching sessions where money management, increasing income, sales, and real estate investing are the main focus. Natasha is passionate about helping others avoid and overcome money challenges as her experience in paying off approximately $20,000 in debt in just 18 months has taught her a lot of valuable lessons that she now passes on. Please help me welcome the wealthy boss babe to the Flow and Flourish podcast. All right, Natasha, aka Hello. the wealthy boss babe. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Flow and Flourish podcast. Oh goodness. Hello, everyone. Hello, Nicole. Thank you so much for the invite. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. Thank you for saying yes. I know we came across each other on Instagram and after yeah. really looking through your posts and what you talk about and how you blend 
money management and really being able to practice self-care and all of those things. Mm -hmm. I knew I absolutely had to have you on here. So (laughs) I appreciate that. No, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Mm -hmm. No problem. So as I mentioned, you already have a bio that's already given, but what I'd like you to do is kind of talk us through your story. How did you become Mm -hmm. the wealthy boss babe? And what does that look like for you? Oh gosh, such a loaded question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Gotta hit you hard out the gate, right? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So a little bit about me. I'll probably start by like introducing myself. Well, the bio's already given, but so I am a 24 year old young African-American woman. I live in Canada, in Toronto specifically. And how did I become the wealthy boss babe? Wow, such a loaded question. I actually have worked in the finance industry for quite some time. It's been over seven years. So I started working from a very young age because of the experience that my sister had also in the finance industry. I, you know, right out the gate, I was working not your typical job like McDonald's or like, you know, retail, which there's totally nothing wrong with that. But I was fortunate to have been pushed into the finance industry at a young age and then learned a lot through there. So I always had this strong base or foundation when it came to money, how to manage money, how the world works, like credit loans, those type of things. And I had always said, like my parents, they're immigrants from Jamaica, and I'd seen them go through a lot, like struggle with learning the system here, making mistakes and things like that. I always promised myself I was never going to be that person. Like my credit was going to be amazing. I wasn't going to make any mistakes, like all these things. So I had all this knowledge. And I actually didn't take the traditional route for school, as it were. I didn't end up going to traditional university. Just I was passionate about psychology, wanted to go into law, but I was like, you know what? It just doesn't make sense to me personally to go to school, go into all of this debt, and then not be guaranteed a job. If I didn't mm-hmm. decide to go like the law route, but I wanted to go into psychology, open up your own practice, it's like 12 years of school or whatever. And then you're left with all Listen, this debt. And- I have to tell you, <laughs> ma'am, I was the same way. I'm like, I just want to help people. I want to go into psychology. Listen. And then it's all this school that goes behind it. So I stuck it out oh. for a little bit, but oh my gosh, I can't, no. I have no idea. So let me be quiet. You go ahead. <laughs> no girl, listen, trust me. But that's the experience, right? Like I'm pretty sure that so many of your listeners too will be able to resonate with that. I know a lot of people do, especially in this day and age where things have changed quite a bit. Back then it was like, okay, traditional route, traditional route. So for me, like even that, my parents were just like, oh my gosh, you're not going to go to university. And I took two years off and was working in that time. And then through that, or through my gap years, I developed a love for real estate and eventually decided to go to school for real estate and became a real estate agent. But in that time, I made one huge mistake, like this mistake, I think, catapulted me into <laughs> the area that I didn't want to be in. But honestly, that's where me becoming the wealthy boss babe was birthed. So I took out a loan or I took out a car rather, financed a car. And at that time, I had what they would consider no credit. So my credit wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just no credit. I was young. Mm-hmm. I was 18 and years old. You, right? <laughs> no Listen, credit is no. as bad as bad credit. Listen, <laughs> that's what they say. But that's a lie. Let me tell you, that is a lie. Okay. So I wasn't aware, didn't have an understanding, didn't have the knowledge, didn't even take the time to do the research about what that meant. I was pushed in a corner and just was fearful. I was like, okay, 
the time I was driving this dinky, broke down red car, like God bless it, but <laughs> got me from I mean, point you, A to You B. had to do what you had to do, right? Yes. We've all had one of those, which is why Listen. our stories are so important. Because <laughs> exactly. let me tell you, I started with a, I'm so, and I shouldn't even say embarrassed to say no. this. I bought a car for $300. My mom, $400, couldn't fill the gas tank up all the way because the mm-hmm. gas tank leaked. So it was oh not God. safe. But it got me where I needed to go. To God go and talk. that's it. Listen, <laughs> that was it. And, listen, and that's a part of our story. Like, thank God for, like, when I look back on those days, I'm just like, there's no way this car should have been able to even be on the road. But listen, it did what it was supposed to do. And I'm thankful. <laughs> so I was just frustrated. I was like, I don't want to be driving this anymore. And, you know, at a young age, image is such a thing. And all these things. So I'm like, I'm going to go get myself a car. And I remember my dad was like to me, Tosh, just wait, like, save up your money, buy car cash. And I was just like, I know, but I need a car now. Like, this is not safe. I'm a, I'm a woman. What if I broke down on the road? Like mm-hmm. all these things. And I took myself up and I went to a dealership that was like a third party dealership. It wasn't even like Toyota or Honda or mm-hmm. like, you know, the first, it was a no namer. It was one of those no name dealerships. Yes. And I went and they gave me a car. I was so excited with a 19.99% interest rate. Um, and the typical interest rate, at least here in Canada, but for loans for vehicles are anywhere between three to 7%. Mm-hmm. So this was like three times the rate. And it was crazy. I was making $400 payments for this vehicle. And typically like, you know, on average, what you should be paying for a car, if you're financing it literally should be like $200, $300 at most. So anyways, that was really what it was. I found myself in this place where I was not practicing the things that I knew. I was running from payday loan to payday loan, just trying to, I guess, not even just survive, but just like, you know, wanting to live that lifestyle, wanting to go out to eat every weekend, spending time with my friends. I had the car now, you know, trying to make my car payments, all these things. And Mm -hmm. I was making a ton of money at the time, but I just was not managing it as I should have been. And so, yeah, I found myself in a, quite a bit of debt and it was a cycle and I just got so frustrated. I would be running, like every time I would get paid, I'd be running from payday loan. So I'd be paying this payday loan and borrowing from that payday loan to pay the mm-hmm. other payday loan mm-hmm. and then borrowing to pay the other payday loan. And listen, listen. ma'am, <laughs> I just want to tell you that cycle is so vicious mm-hmm. as someone who has been there and done that, oh. right? You don't realize, like you said, with the super interest rate, I remember getting a payday loan that had a 300% rate, 300%. Like if I can't afford to (laughs) go get a regular loan, what makes you think I can pay back 300%? And because I'm desperate, like we're, we do it anyway. So I know my listeners can identify with that because I surely can once upon a time was caught in that cycle. So I'm glad you brought that up. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, please don't (laughs) apologize. You know, it's us being able to relate because that's how we learn. Right. So yeah, that was really what it was. And I just got frustrated, like, and really at the root of it all was just wanting to keep up with this image. Like now, when I think about it, even just telling the story back, it was just wanting to present this image, wanting to keep up, wanting to appear a certain way, like not being able to say no when everyone else is going out to eat, but I know that I didn't have it, or there were other responsibilities that were so much more important that needed to be taken care of. I couldn't say no to myself and to other people, because I thought that I had to keep up this appearance. Huge thing for me. This is going to be so weird, but Christmas is like, I love Christmas. I love everything about it. I'm a believer. Mm -hmm. So aside from just like even celebrating Christ's birth and everything, I just love the togetherness of it, buying gifts, all these other things. 
And I would literally go broke to give these gifts just so that, I don't know, Listen. I guess it was feeding a part of me. Feeding <laughs> part of me to be able to be like, yes, I want to be able to give. And I'll insert this as probably like my first tip here. And this is something I say to my clients all the time, but and something that I've learned and have relearned is put yourself first. I know it sounds so like oftentimes we hear this, put others first, put others first, put others first, and we should, but you cannot pour from an empty cup and you have to realize that that's in every way. So if you are not able to take care of your financial needs, don't be hasty to take care of other people's financial needs. Mm. Take care of you so that you can then take care of them. So when your cup is overflowing, then there's more to give and you have the ability to give without you neglecting yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I didn't have that understanding. Anyhow, I just became frustrated. I pause for a sec because what yeah. you is so good, you know? <laughs> and as we were talking offline about mm -hmm. just being the capacity coach and mm -hmm. me helping people understand how managing their money really mm -hmm. impacts their ability to flow, to flourish, to show right. up in excellence in all of those different areas of life. Right. So often we are taught, like you said, to give, mm -hmm. to give, to give, mm -hmm. and don't put our own financial needs first, because yeah. I know I've been there where I'm like, you know what? I'm mm -hmm. a little short on this, but such and such needs help. So right. let me do the right thing and help them right. when actually I'm doing myself and a them disservice. a disservice exactly. by not leading by example and taking exactly. care of my own needs first, because yes. that's where, you know, the resentment, the regret, the frustration, mm -hmm. nobody helps me when I need help. Ma'am, right. nobody tell you to give your last to Listen. Pay that card note. <laughs> you're preaching. Like you're preaching good right now. Yes, exactly. <sighs> exactly. So exactly. And it's freeing too. Like, I mean, if we really, for all of your listeners and even now too, like, and that's the reason why I'm so thankful for this opportunity because it's in moments like these, when I get to recount this story that I find freedom, you know, to really just be like, okay, Tosh, like you can do for you. Like, it's not that you're neglecting everyone else or that you won't do or, you know, you're mean or whatever, but it's really you taking care of you so that you can do what your heart beats for, which is to serve other people. So yeah, that was really what it was. I just got super frustrated. And I was like, I remember, like I mentioned, I'm a believer. So I'm like talking to God and I'm like, okay, you got to help me. Like, I really need to like deal with all of this stuff. And I had written down budgets before, like, you know, the typical open up, get a new book, you go to the uh, whether it be like your indigo, your chapters, your dollar store, whatever, and you get that cute little book and you're like, I'm going to budget. And I <laughs> would write down numbers and I would never follow through, like never, never, never follow through. And so it was at this point, I was like, okay, I want to do more than just write down these numbers. I actually want to get out of this cycle. I want to pay off this debt. I want to do this because I want to be free. I want peace. I want to be able to go to a restaurant, pay for my food and know that like I don't have to worry about paying this bill back after whatever the case may be like right. I just want to have the cash you know I'm not borrowing from you know my <laughs> rent money exactly exactly so yeah what I did was I realized another key part that really helped me pay down this um debt was I realized that I didn't have to pay all of it at once I think this is something that I've seen with people in general and this is like a debt tip so if you are struggling with debt or you have this debt and you're completely ignoring it, you're denying it because you're like, I can't pay for it. It's $1,000 and I don't have $1,000. Listen, start with $5, start with $20, start with whatever you have, start with that. That was what I did. I knew I wasn't going to be able to pay off all of these payday loans at one time. But what I did was I literally was like, okay, you know what? I get paid. 
I'm going to each of these payday loans. I'm going to pay off whoever I need to pay off. I'm going to borrow back the money and one by one. So today, if I get to pay off, let's say Mary, I'm going to pay off Mary and then I'm going to have John, James and Junior. And then the next time, like I'm going to pay off Junior, I'm going to borrow from James and Mary. And then that's literally what I was doing. Like in Jamaica, we call it, um, I'm trying to think of the phrase my aunt and my mom would always say it is you have to like gusta gusta. So like you have to do what you got to do to make ends meet in the meantime, while you're strategically doing what you need to do to pay off that debt. And that's what I was doing. Mm. I was still borrowing, but I was paying it down little by little. So if I had $70 or if I was able to clear off whatever is outstanding from one, I would do that. And I would borrow from the others until I was able to just pay it all off. And that's what I did. At the end of the day, I knew what I was about. At that time too, I had to realize like, you know what, if everyone else was going out and I really couldn't do it, I didn't find embarrassment in voicing that. And maybe I didn't say, hey guys, I don't have the money, but I was just like, no, I'm going to go home. I have food at home or maybe go out, but not eat as much as everyone was eating or get that, you know, one elaborate thing, like the lobster tail and the shrimps and the pasta. (laughs) Exactly. You didn't go hard in the paint. You you got a little something, but didn't break yourself. (laughs) Exactly. Still enjoying. Right. And that was really what it was. And so now coming to the beginning of the pandemic, you know, I was again in this place. So at that time I had paid off everything except for this car and I was doing well with my car and everything like that. And then the pandemic hit and I don't think I've ever actually ever shared this with anyone before, but the pandemic hit and things got a little bit difficult in me being able to take care of the car. And so it was during that time that I was facing again, these struggles and I'm like, okay, I really want to do more. And it was in that time too, that I was like, I don't want anybody to ever face what I face. Like if you can avoid this, I would prefer to give you my own expense. I don't care if people are going to look at me differently. I don't care if they're going to look at me and be like, oh my God, I thought she had it all together. And they realized I didn't have it. I was like, I don't care. I feel like I need to share this. And I honestly, even as a believer, I felt like God was telling me, you need to share this. Like the things that you've learned, Mm -hmm. there's so many people who are struggling in silence and they don't know these things. You know, like what you talked about with the payday loans, like they, they're illegally allowed to charge you and it ranges anywhere between 300 to 600% here in Canada. I don't know what it what? is in the States, but what? legally they're able. Yeah. And it's presented as you only pay $21 on every hundred dollar that you borrow. But listen, if you default on that, they're oh. charging you 300 to $600,000 of interest. And let's not that. talk about how they will <laughs> garnish your check because oh, yeah. I oh, can tell sure. you. I've been there. (laughs) Yeah, no, trust me. It's the truth. You know what I mean? And it's so sad because the thing about it with money is people don't want to talk about money, but all of us have been here in one way or another. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's the cycle. It is what it is. It's these things that are presented to us. And in order to live, we think, you know, this is what I got to do to survive. It's just, it's accessible to me. I'm going to take it. I'm going to do it. And then you find yourself in this trap and you can't get out. And we're Mm -hmm. all suffering in silence because everyone's embarrassed to talk about their financial situation. Yeah. you know? And, and so, what yeah. You said too, I want to piggyback off of that. Yeah, because what I wrote down for this tip to pay off debt mm-hmm. is really just to start where you are. Yes. And part of that is acknowledging that you're not in the best space, right. that you know, good and darn well, you are right. not in a place to even borrow money from a payday right. loan, but mm-hmm. then understanding how do I put together a strategy to get out of that? Right. And it's right. so important that people are doing exactly what we're doing, which is talking about it. Because there's so much shame. And you said, you know, suffering in silence. And Mm -hmm. I call it secret struggles, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want anybody to know that you don't have it all together financially. Right. 
especially can I add this too? Because even when I got into the realm where I was making six figures and I was mm-hmm. still living paycheck to paycheck, Listen. I'm like, you know how embarrassing that is? <laughs> and my credit was jacked up. Like I make six figures, but I can't go into a dealership and get a loan because Girl? of how I've been managing my money. That okay. was a secret mm-hmm. struggle that was weighing heavily on my mental capacity, my emotional right. capacity. And I right. didn't know who I could talk to about it because sometimes I know for me, being one of the first people in my family to hit that six figure bracket, right. I couldn't tell anyone, you know, that I was close to I'm struggling right. because it was like, girl, you make six figures. How, right? you know, right. so starting right. where you are. Oh, I, I love it. I love mm-hmm. it so much. So, That's okay, it. go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no. And I love that you brought that up because it's so true. And so during that time, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step out and I'm really just going to share what I've been through and really help other people get out of debt and just learn about money, how to manage money, all of these things. Somewhere along the journey, first it was called Simply Free because that was really what it was. I just wanted to be Simply Free. And somewhere along the way, things evolved. And I'm a multifaceted woman, so I pick up things super easy and just even just growing my business. I started to get into the business side of things and learning about sales and all this other stuff in it, you know, with money, that's really what a lot of like you start a business to make money. So it just mm-hmm. all <laughs> flowed into each other. But somewhere along the way, it just came up like, I don't even know, I can't pinpoint the moment that it happened. But I started to along this journey, redefine what wealth was for myself. Mm-hmm. I understood. And you know, oftentimes we hear the word, the terms like rich, or we hear wealth, and we think just money. But it was along this journey that I started to realize that much like what you've said, the way that we manage our money also impacts other areas of our life, right? And so I made this post and I think it resonated so much with my community that um, taking care of your money is a part of self-care because there's so Mm. much. Say that again. um, Hold on. Wait a minute. Say it one more time for the people in the back. Taking care of your money is self-care. It Mm. is. And tell us why you say that. Okay. I can't remember the statistics off the top of my head, but if you look it up, there's so many, I think it's like a large portion. I think it was like 70% of persons who struggle with anxiety and depression have financial situations are in debt. And really there is that connection. Like it's not just about, oh, I can't pay my bills and I can't do, it weighs on you. It weighs on the way that you see yourself. It weighs on the things that you think you're capable of doing. It weighs on the way that other people view you, because when you start looking down on yourself or thinking that you're not worthy, or you start to present yourself, or you can't buy the clothes that would make you look presentable, other people start looking at you like, sorry, I have to insert this. This is one lady, okay. she's talking, right? And she's like this big, I don't remember what it was, but she's in the corporate space and she's like a reporter and everyone knows her. And her coworkers commented one time, like, oh, she's always wearing the same clothes. Like she never Mm -hmm. wears anything different. Like everyone else is wearing, you know, the Gucci and they're wearing the Prada and they're wearing this, but you're like, where do you even get your clothes from? And she's like, little did they know I was so in debt. Like it was, she was a single Mm -hmm. mom That's okay. and you know, she's in this big corporate job, but everything that she's doing is literally going to pay. I think it was like alimony and to take care of her kid. And she couldn't even afford to wear the appropriate clothes for the job that she was doing because she was broke. And so it affects more than just, oh, I'm not able to pay that bill, but it weighs on us, right? So taking care of our money really is taking care of all of us. It's taking care of us spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. If you ain't got the money, then you can't buy the food that's meant for you to take care of your body too. 
right? You're out there buying like the ramen noodles or the little cans of whatever. And yes, not to knock the banana sausages. Yes, yes, all of those things. Not to knock it. You know that it tastes good, but is it the best for our bodies? No. You know, the things that are really good and health and strength for our bodies, like fruits, vegetables, all this stuff costs money. And it's imperative for us to take care of ourselves by the things that we eat as well. So it's mm. not just, okay, making money to make money, but it really does affect every other area of our life. So taking care of your financial situation, taking care of your money is you taking care of yourself. Yeah. Now, you know, I love this because I am always talking about how each of these areas of flow Mm -hmm. really do impact one another. Right. And I know for myself, I haven't talked a whole lot in the cash flow pillar because it's so intertwined. And because I'm not a finance professional, Sometimes it's hard for me to articulate that. And so what you just did was beautiful because I know in my head how it impacts all these other places. I know through my experiences, but Mm -hmm. to hear it from you as a person who is in this financial space to just Mm -hmm. help us understand that taking care of your money is self-care and how it does impact, of course, like you said, not only how we see ourselves, But what we believe about what we can and can't do, it impacts the food that we eat, which impacts our health, right? AKA our health flow. And it's so much. So listen, I want you to talk to us a little bit about, you know, what you do in this space now, because I know that Mm -hmm. you mentioned the business was birthed out of the pandemic and Mm -hmm. all of these other things. So talk to us about what being the wealthy boss babe is all about. Yeah. So basically, it's just the understanding that like, I know that a lot of people say, oh, like, or in the feminine space, a lot of people are talking about, I don't want to be considered a boss or a girl boss or whatever the case may be. So let me just break down what I mean when I say the wealthy boss. As like I said, the meaning of wealth was really redefined for me. And so it's more from a holistic standpoint, just making sure that I'm wealthy in every sense, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, doing what needs to be done. So making sure that I prioritize my emotional healing. So therapy, super important, which is also another thing too, because if you get your money together and you need to go to therapy, you can pay for therapy, right? I just, I literally, I think it was last week, I was talking to someone about how it's okay to have Jesus and a therapist. In fact, I recommend it. And when your coins are together, and if the therapist that you want to see is outside of your insurance, you'll have the money to see the one that That you need that fits with you your situation your experiences the cultural relevance all of that so okay I'm gonna hush you yeah so it was you know all of that and then also uh, now the boss component was really just the realization that I'm in charge of my life and so even with that like you know I'll insert this as a believer I think oftentimes we have this notion that you know it's almost like God is a genie whoever it is that you believe in as a listener, but it's like, we have this concept of like, you know, things are just magically going to happen. And really even going into this year, one of the things that I always go into the new year with the word, like me and God, we always have these talks, okay, God, like what's this year going to be about? And I really, it felt impressed on me that this year was ownership because oftentimes we leave things up to, and we pray, we pray, we pray, we pray, we plead, we look to the stars, we look to everything and say, okay, I want the universe to align. I want I'm going to manifest this thing, but then we never take ownership of the things Mm -hmm. that we want and do the work that's necessary to see it happen, you know? And so that's what being a boss is to me. It really means I let go of everybody else's opinion 
I let go off of what everyone else is doing with their life. And I'm taking ownership of the things that I want, realizing that I have what it takes to make this happen. And I always, I say this all the time, when his favor meets my hard work, the impossible becomes possible because that's really what it is. It's not just, okay, I'm going to pray for all of this stuff. And then I'm going to sit down and wait for it to happen. No, it's, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to get the knowledge that's necessary to do what I need to do. And then I'm going to believe that he's going to divinely orchestrate everything to work in my favor while I'm out there doing everything Mm -hmm. that I need to do. So I'm going to learn how to budget. I'm going to learn about how to save. I'm going to learn about how to invest. I'm going to learn about all of these things. And then when I'm putting it into action, even though I may not know fully how it's going to turn out, I'm just going to believe that he's going to open the door for the right opportunities so that I can pay off all this debt so that I can, you know, buy that house so that I can leave something for my children so that I can experience freedom and peace. Mm -hmm. And that's really what being the wealthy boss babe means. And so now what I do is I literally just coach women and I don't even like to just say women. I know that with Instagram and with just business, they always tell you, you know, niche down and be super specific. But for me, I believe that it's my purpose and my call to help people in general, just understand how to be holistically wealthy and to take ownership of their life. And I do that through coaching and we talk about everything from, you know, money management to credit to sales. So like income goal setting. So how do you, if you want to launch a, like a side hustle or a business, how do you reach your income goals and then utilize that money to reach the goals that you have personally for yourself? And that's what I do. Whew. I'm over here. Mm, and I'm, <laughs> like I'm in church because I'm screaming. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Every single thing that you're saying. And I wrote a couple of things down. The first Mm -hmm. one is that when his favor meets my hard work, the impossible becomes possible. Mm -hmm. And this is where, you know, I'm looking at my vision board next Mm -hmm. to me and it talks about how faith plus action equals success. And on a regular basis, yes, I believe in manifesting. I am Mm -hmm. also a believer, but Mm -hmm. I also know that I'm constantly praying to God to be in alignment. Mm-hmm. Like if this yes. opportunity is not in alignment with what you have me you know, destined it. to do in yep. this season, mm-hmm. you know, if it's not in alignment with my purpose, take it off the table Yeah, and making sure that what we're doing, yes, while we're praying and pleading that we're putting a little action behind action that because it. Yeah. It, you can't just put it out there and do nothing. Right. And one of right. my favorite mentors, you know who Patrice Washington is? I do. Yes. yes. <laughs> so <laughs> she talks so much about this and how mm-hmm. we have to give God something to bless. Mm-hmm. Right. Give God something to bless. So mm-hmm. when you said that, of course, that's what it made me think of. And I love how you said that, you know, while we're niching down and we're told to do that, you believe that your purpose is to help people, right? Mm-hmm. To holistically build that wealth and take ownership of their lives. And yeah. one of the ways that you said that is through hitting their income goals. And so mm-hmm. I want to take a few minutes and talk about that because as I mentioned to you offline, I haven't really had anyone on the podcast to talk about this. And right. as an entrepreneur who walked away from that six figure job, you know, mm-hmm. to be in this space, to follow my purpose. I know mm-hmm. that many of my listeners are also trying to figure out, okay, how do I, number one, get to a place where I can create mm-hmm. that cushion, whether it's with a side hustle to support right. the business or someone like me, who's already full blown into entrepreneurship. How right. do I hit these income goals? So let's talk about that. Yeah, for sure. 
So I think one of the first things is to really have an understanding. So with money, like you got to be super intentional. And I think this is another thing that like people don't even like this word budgeting. I've realized just being in this space, people hate <laughs> they it. They hate I think it. It's, it's like you're cursing them out. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, now you want to tell me that I got to be super restrictive with my money? Like, no. And to be honest, that's not what budgeting is. And I talk about this in my masterclass, how to create a non-restrictive budget that allows you to live a life of freedom. And it's really just the idea that like, you have to be super intentional with your money. So it comes down to just as much as you would track like your expenses, you need to be able to like when it comes to your income, and especially as an entrepreneur, when you're working your nine to five, or you're working like that corporate job, you can track how much money you're making in a day. Like they tell you, okay, this is your salary, or this is how much you're getting paid an hour. You could literally jump on your calculator and you can be like, okay, today I made so on so forth. By the time you know how much your taxes are, you can calculate it. You know exactly how much is going to hit your bank account. It's the same thing that you should be doing if you start a side hustle or if you're a full-blown entrepreneur. Oftentimes we have this thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to start a side hustle and I'm just going to advertise myself and I'm going to just wait for the money to come in. And then the money comes in and then we don't know what to do with it. Or, you know, we're struggling. Get out my business. That was me at first. (laughs) It's true. You know what I mean? And I can talk about it because it was me too. So one of the key parts of income goal setting is really to have an idea of how much you want to make and understand why you want to make that. So if it's like you want to reach that six figures, you want to make $100,000 by the end of the year. Okay, great. Why do you want to make that $100,000? What are you going to do with that money? Where is it going? So you really do need to make a budget. It may not be super restrictive. It may not be like, okay, I can only spend $50 on cash. That's not the only way to budget, right? But it's really just giving that money purpose and being like, okay, this is how much money and what it will actually do when you give that money purpose is motivate you to go out and get the money. That's really what it's going to do. Right. So now, okay, I want to make a hundred thousand by the end of the year. Great. This is why I want to make a hundred thousand dollars. Now, how much is that per month? Then how much is that per week? And how much is that do you need to be making every single day? Mm -hmm. Then you need to look at it. Okay. What is it that you're selling? And this is more so a little bit more of like business or sales psychology. So you need to be looking at what it is that you're selling. Is it a service? Is it a product? Then you want to look at, okay, is this product a solution? to a problem that exists? Who's going to be buying this? And Mm -hmm. is it really going to be solving that? And how can I effectively communicate this as the solution to the problem? That's really what it is. Like you can have that concrete, you know what it is that you're selling, you know that it solves a problem and you know how to communicate that it solves that problem. You will have no problem making money. Like you'll have no problem making money. And then the next thing to do, which a lot of people struggle with is pricing right? So once you can figure out that, because at the end of the day, like you said, it's not this magical thing that happens. If I know that I want to like, I'm going to whip out my calculator right now. You do a hundred thousand dollars divided by 12. That's $8,333 that you need to be making a month, right? Mm -hmm. Let's just divide that by four. You need to be making $2,083 every week, right? So now Mm -hmm. let's say that you want to sell five products. So $2,083 divided by Five, okay, $416. I know that I could sell probably a coaching service for $416. Okay. Now, what is it that I'm really good at that I know would be worth $416 to somebody else that solves a problem? If I get five of them every single week, then I can make that $8,000 a month and then make my $100,000. 
now I may not just want to sell that one specific product. And obviously to do like get five people every single week for a coaching service is like a lot mentally, it's taxing, all that other stuff. So then now you start looking into a combination of products. So one of the things that I always talk about is the flow of how to like, we call it scaling. Okay. This is how you scale. So you can start off with one thing, like, let's say that you want to do a ebook, an ebook about, for example, me specialize in money. So I'm going to talk about how to pay off debt three simple tips, how to pay off debt. I'm going to make an ebook. I'm going to charge, let's say $20 for this ebook, super accessible. And what this is going to do is it's going to create a level of like establishing me as a leader for this specific thing to all of the people who could potentially be interested in it. So Mm -hmm. let's say I have a hundred people who want to know about debt, right? Not every single one of them is going to be my ideal client or the best fit to work personally with me but they're interested in what I have to offer and what it's doing. It's also establishing that credibility and pulling the people who are potentially my ideal client. Now I have that $20 ebook. That's a foundational source of income. The next thing that I want to do is, okay, I'm going to offer, for example, group coaching, right? And this is going to be $200. I want to get at least five people in. So that's going to be a thousand dollars, right? So then what that's going to do is it's going to further niche down the people who could potentially be my ideal client, but also increasing or scaling because I wouldn't be able to make that thousand dollars. It would take about, I'm selling it for $20. I think it's going to take at least 50 people for me to make that thousand dollars with just the ebook, right? Mm -hmm. But now I have five people who are paying that $200 just to make that thousand dollars. Then the next thing I want to do is add a third tier service. And what I'm doing is I'm literally feeding them through what we call a funnel. And then I'm going to do another service, which is, let's say my one-on-one private coaching. This is for somebody who I know absolutely needs my help. And I have everything that they need to be where they want to be. So I know that they're going to invest in, and it's not just them paying, but it's really them looking at it as an investment because they know that they need what I have. Right. And so I can charge, let's say a thousand dollars for this coaching session. And if I get three of those at $3,000 for me, while I'm also doing what I know I'm, I'm called to do. And in all of that, I've just made over or just about $5,000 in one month. Yeah. Now I know that, okay, if I do that, let's say 5,000 times at 12, I'm at $60,000. There's $40,000 still that I need left to cover by the end of the year to hit my goal of a hundred thousand. But that's how you income goal set. You literally break it down and you look at it. Okay, how am I going to reach this goal? Why do I need to reach this goal? And how can I do it? So the money's just not appearing. It's not just like, okay, right. It doesn't fall out of the sky. It doesn't fall out of the sky. You have to be strategic. You have to be intentional. And it can be done. It's a lot like I think coming into the space, um, whether it be, and you don't have to quit your nine to five, you can do it with a side hustle. I think that's another thing that I think is super important to point out because with mm. social media on Instagram, you know, there's this trend or this thing going around where it's like, if you want to make exponential amounts of money, you got to quit your nine to five to do it. Ooh, that is not it. the truth. Yeah, <laughs> it is not the truth. You can work your nine to five. If anything, I would tell you, honestly, from my own experience, stay at your nine to five, stay there until you're comfortable and you've made a contingency plan. And work on your side hustle until your side hustle can take care of you. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah. Oh, you've said so much. First oh, of gosh. all, <laughs> thank you. No, in a good way, in a very good way. Thank you for sharing that because of course, because I've been in other programs and I've you know mm-hmm. been at this for a while. Those mm-hmm. are things that I have not shared outwardly, but right. that I know. But for right. my listeners, I'm not sure that everyone has heard that. And right. so even for me within like the first 
six months of me being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was to really set those income goals. Right. right? right it's right, cool right. to throw out this grandiose number. Yeah, yeah I want to make $500,000. <laughs> okay, but how are you going to do that? I'm going to do it. Right? Exactly. And so to take the time to really, like you said, you said three things, mm-hmm. be super intentional, understand what you're selling, and then focus right. on your pricing in these different tiers. Right. Number one is so important. Sometimes for me, what I found is that mm-hmm. there's a mindset problem, yes. right? Oh, that 100%. we don't think that we deserve it. We don't think that we can. Mm-hmm. It's never been done before when we're trailblazing right. and we've never really seen anyone that's done right. it. It right. can be scary to write that number out. Right. But when you do exactly what you just said, mm-hmm. it gives us the freedom to understand, oh, this is right. attainable. It's possible. Right? It's possible. Mm-hmm. And put in the strategy behind it. And so many of us, you know, we just stop at the, oh, I want to, right? right. But put in that strategy behind and creating this budget. Mm-hmm. I love you said, give the money a purpose. Give yes. it a purpose. And that's what a budget is. Not to cut you, but like, I have to just dispel that. I love dispelling this concept and this idea of what people think budgeting is because it really what a budget is. If you want to call it a budget, if you want to call it a money plan, it's literally giving your money purpose. Whereas <laughs> your money didn't have purpose before because, and that's the reason why we find ourselves in debt or wondering, okay, where did my rent money go? Because it didn't have a purpose. You didn't <laughs> Exactly. literally clearly define <laughs> what the money was going to. So you spent it on whatever you thought you needed in the moment. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, this Thank is you. so, so good. <laughs> then you said, what are you selling? Cause some of us, you know, mm-hmm. I know when I got into this space, I didn't know if I was doing a service or a product or, you know, trying to figure it out and understanding mm-hmm. that of course there is a mix, but right. then this is the key part. Is this a solution to a problem that exists, right? right? right. Are you making stuff just to be making it? Making it. And yeah. is anybody going <laughs> to buy it? Like, is it attached to a problem and it's yes. a solution? Yeah. And I think that what I've heard often is, and I think that there's some truth to this, mm-hmm. that follow your passion, right? Yes. Yes. Follow your passion. But is your passion a solution to a, a solution? Problem? That's it. Because <laughs> like, listen, let it? me tell you, and that's the thing. You see, the thing about it is not to cut you, Nicole, but it's so true. And I think what we're talking about right now is just so eye opening. And so there's a word that I'm revelatory. That is a word. It's so revelatory because we often hear these catchphrases, like you said, follow your passion or the other one, the market's not oversaturated. Like you just got to be you. And that's great. Listen, being a person who has been in business and I'm sure Nicole, you can resonate with it and you can confirm what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> that's all great. And that's nice. And that's beautiful to hear, especially to somebody who's just coming into this space as an entrepreneur or business owner, whatever the case may be, that may be very soothing to your soul, but I'm going to rip the bandaid off and tell you it's not enough. And I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you why it's not enough because like what Nicole said at the end of the day, if your passion does not, and it's not even necessarily that Because your passion will solve a problem. Like there's a problem that exists in the world that what you're passionate about can solve, but it's, can you find the people who need that solution? And that's the problem. It's finding your tribe. And this is why they always say, be yourself. Don't try to be anyone else because it's you. It's everything that you stand for that is going to draw your tribe to you. So everybody else that you're trying to impress who is not meant to invest be your in what ideal your, client yes, customers exactly. <laughs> it ain't That's, for them it's not for them but it's you it's you like this right now like you know what I mean in me sharing my story some people may look at it and be like oh my god I thought she had it all together or 
you know, Nicole, I thought da, 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 but then it's in you speaking your truth, you speaking your experience, you sharing what you do and the things that we've learned that is going to draw that one person who's unlikely, probably somebody we've never, ever known. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be like, this is exactly what I've been praying for. This is exactly what I need. And being a business owner, being an entrepreneur, even having that side hustle, it's realizing and understanding that that's who you want to service anyways. It's not your mom. It's not your dad. It's not your cousin. It's not the people who are close to you, who you think should support you. Like, no, it's really at the end of the day, it's a twofold thing. Yes. You want to serve, but also you have bills that need to be taken care of things that need to be taken care of. You need to hit your income goals. So you better be out here doing what you got to do to fulfill your purpose, but also to make that money. And that's really what it is. I'm so outdone and I'm so grateful because (laughs) it's what needs to be said. And, you know, when you start to surround yourself with like-hearted and like-minded people, you get to hear this over and over and over. And so I'm so glad that you're saying it in all of the ways that you've just said it, because it's super important for Mm -hmm. us to know, you know, like you said, number one, with our passions, yes, there is a solution that's in that. Mm-hmm. But it's learning, number one, who those people are, and are. then number two, how to communicate mm-hmm. that. Exactly. And everything else kind of comes into play, right? Mm-hmm. Like managing all the things that come with being an entrepreneur, all the mm-hmm. things that come with stepping out on faith. One other thing that you said I want to touch on quick is that, yes, yeah, social sure. media will have you out here thinking that you need to just walk oh. away from your job. And oh. then you end up like <laughs> in a not good place. And I want to be clear. Listen, you no, know, when I stepped out on faith, there was some pre-work that I did a lot yeah. of pre-work. Like I had conversations yeah. with my husband. I had plenty yeah. of conversations mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. I felt it was the right time for me. Right. right. And that right. doesn't mean that it's been easy because, you know, as a business owner, an entrepreneur, no one day is the same. There's nope. an influx, you know, there's all kinds of things that sometimes I'm not going to lie. I said this the other day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I hop on Indeed, like, do I need to just get back into corporate? Because Listen. the way my bills are set up. <laughs> no, it, we're being real, real out here. No, for real. real. Yeah. It's a process. Mm-hmm. And so for me, some of that prep work to be in this space was downsizing mm-hmm. completely. And I don't talk about this enough because it may look fine and dandy. Yeah, you see my posts, you see me speaking, you see me giving testimonials. But what you don't see is all the work behind the scenes for years that was going on in preparation for me to be in this space and the sacrifices to be able to do what it is that God told me to do. So please don't run out here and and quit your day job. Don't, don't do it. Put some plans and stuff together. So Oh, okay. Listen, I want to be mindful of time. Cause you know, I no. can talk to you forever. <laughs> I'm going to have to, I'm telling you now, I'm going to have to have to have you come into my flow and flourish community and yes, talk to ladies just course. because there's so many of us who need to continuously hear this, be reminded and get these yeah. different tips and tools. So I'd love that before <laughs> I ask you to tell us, you know, where everyone can find you, Mm-hmm. I do want to ask you the couple of questions that I asked sure. all of the Flow and Flourish guests, mm-hmm. and then we'll go from there. Is that cool? Okay. Yeah, of course. Okay. Let's do it. So if you could go back in time and mm-hmm. have a conversation with the 17-year-old version of yourself mm-hmm. and give her one piece of advice and one piece of advice only, what would it be and why? Oh gosh, this is so timely. I was saying this to myself <laughs> earlier and to a friend. I Come on, alignment. Listen. <laughs> I would tell her, honestly, I would say, forget the opinions of everyone else and do what's true to you. Mm. That's what I would say. 
and I'll just throw this in. I know being mindful of time, but I'll throw in the, I guess, the preface or the understand the context to it. Oftentimes we have these thoughts or we have these, I don't even know how to really explain it, but it's like an intuition almost where we have this thought. It's like, okay, what if I did this? And it seems so outrageous because it's so counterculture. And oftentimes we drown that out. We drown out that thought or we drown out that intuition because everyone else is doing something else. And we were made the way that we were made for a reason. Listen to what you feel yourself telling you. Like literally, if I could tell her anything, it would be trust what you feel. Like lock away. You don't have to be on social media. You don't have to do what everyone says that you have to do. Lean into what you feel to do. Save your money. Still enjoy life. And just trust that everything is going to work out because it will. I love it. I love it. And I love it so much because part of what I do, you know, when I'm coaching, so my Mm -hmm. method is called the plain method and the L stands for listen. So Mm -hmm. listening to yourself, listening to your gut, listening to the things that you've been ignoring in order Mm -hmm. for you to have the capacity to do what it is that you want to do that you need to do. So I'm grinning ear to ear. So, okay, (laughs) good, good, good. All right. Number two, because we're on the flow and flourish podcast, tell me Mm -hmm. something that you do on a regular basis Mm -hmm. to manage your capacity so that you can flow and flourish. Oh gosh. I swear by, even though I hate it sometimes journaling, I journal. Come on journaling. Yeah. Listen. And for me over the years, like even that too, like I don't pray like how, like, you know, the regular, I journal pray. Like I just be journaling. Like I just be journaling. Listen, I talk to God through there. I talk to myself. I talk to my younger self. I talk to my 10 years from now self. Like I'm doing all the stuff. (laughs) All the selves, right? It's just, it's a way for me to outpour and to really just, I feel like documentation is such a huge part too of growth being able to go back and realize how much we've grown because sometimes we think that, you know, life is just happening and it's happening to us. It's not happening for us. But when we have that, to be able to look back and say that, you know, even through those rough times, and even though it doesn't feel like much has happened, things have happened and you've grown and you've achieved and all this other great stuff. So it helps me to flow and it helps me to flourish. That is such a huge thing that I do. And I sing. Music is a remedy for me. I love music. Yeah. And I feel- Let me find um, out we're soul sisters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's how I do. It just does something for me. So Uh, I have to tell you just, I believe it was yesterday (laughs) because I'm the kind of girl who has about 85,000 journals. I probably Mm -hmm. have written in each and every one of them. (laughs) And so I picked up the one that was closest to me as I was Mm -hmm. going to bed. Mm-hmm. And I flipped back a couple of pages and mm-hmm. I read through what I'd written down. And I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. this has happened. Ooh, I forgot about that. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Like, it's just, it's so good. Not only are you literally clearing out your mental, emotional yeah. capacity when you journal, but yeah. like you said, it's that record of, even yeah. though I don't feel like I've done a whole lot or accomplished, you look back at what you did six months ago or what mm-hmm. you wrote down. And to see some of those things that you have already kind of checked off the box or crossed off and to see uh, things that you were still considering implementing, it does so much for you. So I love that you said that. And Mm -hmm. music, don't get me started. Music is like my (laughs) best friend, okay? I'm the one who's when we're out in the grocery store, my husband is like, how do you know that song? Because I love music. That's why. (laughs) That is why, sir. I love it. My (laughs) business. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Number three. Mm -hmm. So we have talked about so much and you've given us so many different 
tips and perspectives and just Mm -hmm. things to consider. If there's one thing that you want the listeners to walk away knowing or feeling from our conversation today, what would Mm -hmm. it be? I would want them to, I would want y'all, let me speak directly to y'all. I would want y'all to know that your past doesn't define you. I, I always say this, and I'm pretty sure that you've heard it probably so many times, but I really want you to hear it and to receive it, that your past really doesn't define you. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made with your money. It doesn't matter what your life was six months ago, a year ago, you have the power and you can take ownership of today forward and things can change and they will change. And really just, you know, if you are somebody who has struggled with money, if you're struggling with debt, if you don't know where to start with a budget, you want more out of life. And as it pertains to even just your money or finances, but you don't know where to start, honestly, just start by doing some research. That's what I would say. That's another thing that I would say to my 17-year-old self who went and got mm-hmm. his car for 19.99%. Mm-hmm. I would say sit down before Google and do the research because it was there in front of your face. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. Sometimes we go through things and we face things and we want to ask for help, but we don't do for ourselves when there's access to these resources and to this knowledge. So I would say do the research and take the leap of faith, but take the leap of faith and do it for you. Don't do it for anyone else. Don't do it for your parents. Don't do it for your kids. Don't do it for your husband. Don't do it for anyone else. I promise. Do it for you. Do it for you and do it for you only. And everything else that you're worried about will be taken care of when you do it for you. It'll be that cup running over that takes care of literally everything else that you're worried about. Wow. Yeah. Now, you know, you gave us like three or four, right? (laughs) I know, but that's okay. I'm going to let you slide. they're all needed no wrap it up there (laughs) I'll just tell you that it's the hear it and receive it for me right don't just hear this but receive it so I absolutely love it oh Natasha this has been so amazing I really need you to tell everybody where they can find you how they can work with you because I know somebody (laughs) listening to this podcast is like yep I need her help yeah so you can find me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at the wealthy boss babe and working with me. Literally, I'm just doing 90 minute sessions right now. I've just recently gone back into real estate full time because same thing that we're talking about. Thank you. Thank you so much in um, doing all of this in coaching. I kind of neglected my own financial goals and myself in a sense. And so at the beginning of the year, like I said, ownership is my word and I'm taking ownership. So I'm back into real estate, but I am doing 90 minute sessions, power sessions, where I help you develop a strategy to take care of your finances. So we talk about creating that budget, income goals, like everything that we talked about, paying off debt and increasing your credit score, all of these things in that 90 minutes, we make a custom strategy for you. And then you walk away empowered and ready to, yeah, just build wealth. So you can hit me up there. Listen, I've taken down the website. I've taken down all that other stuff because for me, it's really just the connection. It's the community. It's the 90 minute sessions and everything you mm-hmm. need is wrapped up in that. Come so. on and manage your capacity. Then, ma'am. <laughs> I am loving this. Oh my goodness. I want to tell you one more thing. I just yes. want to thank you for paving the way for so many women who are like us that mm-hmm are sometimes afraid to step out on faith that are ashamed of their past financial situation and don't really know where to start. You are literally trailblazing. And I'm so honored to have you on here as a woman who is making history. So thank you for what you do. 
I know that this is not the last of our duo. I'm (laughs) going to connect with you after this so we can figure out how else to partner because this is amazing. (laughs) And I just, I love what you do. So thank you for being part of the show today. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you for your yes. Thank you for everything that you're doing. It's absolutely amazing. And it's honestly my honor. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Ooh-wee, was that not good? And everything I told you that it was going to be, I am just so grateful for Natasha coming on and pouring into us and helping us to learn how to get our cash flow together. And what she said, it doesn't matter where you are. Start where you are, right? Start where you are. Because too often we don't connect the dots on how our capacity is impacting our cash flow. And so I hope you found value in this episode that you walked away with some things for you to do today to help get your cash flow together and that you implement the tips and tools, not just hear them and feel good about them, but actually implement them so you can see some real changes. Stay tuned this week as we finish Women's History Month strong. Still have a ton of additional phenomenal women that I want to share with you. So make sure you come right back here that you are locked in and that you rate, review, and share this podcast with as many people as you know so that we can all get free, we can get our coins together, and that we have the capacity to show up in excellence in every single area of our lives. Until the next episode, thank you as always for allowing me to be your capacity coach. And I look forward to helping you create balance between your personal and professional life without ever having to sacrifice yourself, your family, and what matters most to you. Talk to you soon.